let's learn about your brain so we don't go insane. Hello, it's Laura Pareka here and welcome to the podcast. Today we're going to talk about your unbreakable brain. Unbelievable, but we can do things to make it unbreakable or at least to prevent cognitive decline. As we get older, our brain tends to work a little less good. Why? Why is that and what can we do about it? In a prior episode, we talked about nutrition. You know, that really matters with keeping your brain sharp. It's not just for your body, but it's also for your brain that you eat healthy. And then we talked about weight. Lifting weights is as important as cardio for your brain health. Who knew? And now, today, we're going to talk about some other things you can do to prevent cognitive decline and to keep your brain sharp so that it can be clear, you can have a better memory, do better at reasoning and creativity and all those things that we need our brain for. Are you ready? Let's get started. Dual task training. What is that? It is pairing mental work with physical work. It's coupling a cognitive task with a physical task. When you do this, you keep your brain sharper. We were born to move. When I was a science teacher at an elementary school, I taught the students about migration. And many animals have to move to live. And we, in our ancestry, in our history, way back when, were migratory. We had to move to live. So in my estimation, matching the cognitive with the physical is just a part of our DNA. It is just where we came from. We needed to move to live. And now when you move, it helps you learn better, remember things better. I have proven this with my own small groups, my own little tests. I've taken students out and had them memorize something while they were walking. And invariably, they were able to memorize things better, faster, and more completely while they were moving. Myself, as a professional speaker, move when I'm practicing a new speech or keynote. I move around while I'm doing that and it helps me to learn it better. So here's my own little proof and you can try it for yourself. I always say, look, see what you see, not what someone else tells you to see. So I want you to try the things that I say and not just do them because Laura said so. Try them out. See how they work for you. If it works, use it. If not, Try something else (laughs) that I or someone else has shared with you. So for cognitive health, we want to do some dual task training. This means maybe take a salsa dance class or a Zumba class. You're pairing the cognitive of remembering the steps and the next part and the next part with the music and the movement. And it is using a couple parts of your brain, actually. Cognitive and physical challenges do things. The example I gave the other day on a, we, on a webinar I did was standing on one leg while reciting, counting by threes backwards. And that's a way to just kind of combine things up, use your brain at the same time using your physical body. So there are things you can do even if you're not very physical. 
things you can do with your body. And by the way, there's something called cross-lateral training that we've used in schools for many years, where if the students are, let's say they're learning their times tables, they take their right hand and put it on their left shoulder and vice versa, and crossing the body over from one side to the other makes the two parts of your brain communicate with each other, and that helps also with learning. We often talk about memory in school because that's the easiest of the cognitive skills, believe it or not, memorization. It's much more difficult to reason and explain and synthesize. All those things are much higher level skills, cognitive skills, and memorization is one of the easiest ones, but yet one of the most widely used in schools. And so you can improve your memory how many times have you wished you could remember someone's name? Simple, but not as easy as uh, we think, or everybody would be doing it, right? So there are things you can do to help with memory, make it easier to remember. And dual task training is one of those things. Problem solving, different ways to achieve something is another way to help with this. So let's say you want to um, do the dishes, but at the same time you need to Memorize a poem. Putting those two things together, finding a way. How can I do it? Can I do it to a certain beat? Can I do uh, the first part of, I'm making this up on the fly, by the way. The first part of the poem, I'll do it while I'm washing the glasses. And the second part of the poem, I'll practice over and over while I'm washing the silverware. And <laughs> you can create memory better when there's something to associate it with. What else can you do? You can do... Um, you, Pair entertainment, which we already talked about this with dance, like salsa and zumba. Moving different body parts to the beat or the rhythm is a great way. Using both sides of your brain, for example, here's a great one. Singing and listening to music at the same time is using both sides of your brain. Adding parts to a sequence, like line dancing in a group, martial arts, yoga. All of these different kinds of movement can combine movement with mental activity. All right, so you wanna prevent mental uh, cognitive decline. You wanna be one of those people that doesn't get dementia or Alzheimer's or uh, take too many medications. By the way, many prescribed medications have negative effects on the brain. So you have to decide how important is it for me to take this medication? Is it worth the negative side effects for my poor brain, which doesn't need these chemicals in it? And so getting off of as many meds as you can is very, is very helpful for your brain. All right, so we talked about diet and exercise last time. This time we've talked about dual task training. Another thing you can do is challenging mental activities. If you have had the same job for 20 years and it's very repetitive, you probably aren't challenging your brain very much. But if you've gotten a job where you've been able to advance, move to a different position, begin training other people for that prior position, and moving up the ladder, so, that, so to speak, you have accessed different parts of your brain and you have kept your brain from cognitive decline. Think about it. Your brain is this three-pound lump of let's say clay, <laughs> and you need to mold it, you need to make something of it. How can you do that? What can you do to make your brain more malleable? Now we already know our brain is uh, pretty much has plasticity and it can learn and change. We used to think that adults didn't have as much ability to 
grow those different dendrites in the brain. And the truth is, you never stop growing your brain. Do you want your brain to shrink? Do you want a smaller brain? No. (laughs) So do these things. Try some of these things that I'm sharing with you. Seek out novelty in life. This is fun. Why not? Do the fun, interesting, exciting things, especially when you know it means it'll prevent cognitive decline. When's the last time you had an excuse to do something novel? (laughs) Learn a new language, learn a new dance, uh, go hang out with some new friends and learn some new, uh, do some new fun activities that they do. Things that keep you learning, keeps your brain happy. Play, sing, listen to familiar music, but maybe couple that with something new. I know that I enjoy life more when there's novelty involved, when there's something new. And I think that we can all agree that it's fun, although sometimes we do prefer familiarity. We say that it's easier to just sit on the couch. Yes, but easier isn't better. How often do you play if you're not a child anymore? This is why having children is fun and keeps you young. This is why being a kindergarten teacher kept me young for many years. I loved hanging out with children. They're just so vibrant. They're such sponges. They're ready to learn and and try new things. They're much more likely to try something new than someone who's older. (laughs) And speaking of children and then now being an adult, are you a lifelong learner? Have you decided that you are a continual learner and you're not going to stop learning just because you don't have to learn anymore? Those of us that decide we're going to take a class, join an association or a new club, or or join a meetup of something that we like to do, other people that like to do the same things we do, that can keep you always learning. And then I already mentioned, in your job, you can always learn if you decide to keep moving, not just do the same thing for year in and year out. You can also have meaningful leisure activities. If you want to be a lifelong learner, that means doing leisure activities that are like, I don't know, crosswords if, you, if you're not used to doing crosswords, or even if you are. Something that's interesting, maybe go on hikes and decide you're going to do those cash things. I have a girlfriend, she will hide a little note somewhere in a little box and then put on the internet some simple instructions of how to get there to it. And people do this. They go on their hikes and they go looking for these little caches and they find them and they put their little note in there. Yes, I found it. And it's just a way to add novelty to something that might uh, get boring. Maybe going on that same hike gets boring, but when you suddenly introduce uh, some sort of hide and seek to the uh, situation, it becomes more novel. What else can you do? Well, for those of us that really love our internet connection and we love social media and we love playing on the computer, there are computerized cognitive retraining games you can play. You can get apps for them. You can find websites where you can challenge your brain online. A lot of the young people know this, and uh, for those of us that are a little little older, just ask somebody young, they'll tell us, or just Google it. (laughs) When I was a college teacher, I would always tell my students, Google is one of my best friends. You can Google anything, any question. All right, another idea for keeping your brain sharp as we age, rich social interactions. Yes, interacting with others keeps your brain sharp. Think about it, it helps you to constantly being more able to see things from other people's point of views, 
To have better relationships means you're constantly in tune with improving and growing. How do you talk to a kindergartner when you want them to do something? It is much different than you're going to talk to a colleague at work or someone who is in the service industry and is helping you or somebody, uh, maybe let's say a spouse or a dear friend. We talk to different people in different ways, even based on their intellectual level. I remember when I was a teenager, some of my friends who like to smoke pot and sit in the back of the apartment complex said, Laura, you use big words. And I was like, what, a word more than four or five letters is a big word to you? And I realized, you know what, this group of friends can't handle big words. (laughs) They either don't know what they mean or it's just the strain is more than they can bear (laughs) in uh, in their high state So you think about using different types of language, different strategies when you're talking to different people, and just in a large group, you might interact differently than when you're in a small group. With a boyfriend or girlfriend, you would use different language or different intonations or different stories than when you're with other people. So the more rich your social interactions, the more you are helping your brain. Did you know that loneliness can actually bring on, uh, bring you to an early grave? Yes, it's true. They have already proven that children who are in um, raised in foster homes that don't get picked up and loved enough die. You can literally die because you're not getting enough social interaction. Enough. It's not just the physical touch; it's the socialization that is so critical to our brain's development. And indeed, a lot of old people are very lonely, and we do need to do something about that. I remember, oh, this might have been 20 years ago, I was in a little band, and there was a a guitar player and myself, and sometimes we'd bring in another guitar player, and we would go and sing for people. We'd sing for people who were in the hospital, sing for people who were in the old folks' home. They loved it. They loved hearing us sing and just having company. It was just a nice little volunteer thing that we could do for others to help them to not be lonely and to give them some more social interaction. You know that in India, they were noticing there was more and more dementia and they were looking at the dynamics that may have been the cause. And they discovered that rich social interactions actually stave off dementia in India. When they had three and four generations living in a household, the older people got to interact with the youth, which kept them young. It was much more social interaction when you're dealing with a couple different generations. Now that that's less common there, they were correlating that with higher incidence of dementia. I have one more idea for you as far as helping you keep your brain sharp and staving off the uh, sometimes considered inevitable cognitive decline. And that is sleep. Sleep, glorious sleep, getting enough rest. We know that our body is in repair when we're sleeping. All of our organs are busy cleaning themselves out, our digestive tract. But did you know your brain is actually growing? When I was in college, we would often put a book under our pillow and say, oh my gosh, I've been up all night studying and now I'm going to put the book under my pillow so I can even absorb more from it. And that is funny. But the truth is, when you're sleeping, your brain is taking things from short-term memory putting it into long-term memory. Your brain is busy figuring things out, cleaning itself out. 
oftentimes if you have a dream, you can wake up and say, you know what, what part of that dream is my brain trying to figure things out? I have oftentimes had a dream and then found out in real life that something that I dreamt was actually true. It had actually happened and there was no way of me knowing it. It's very bizarre when that happens. Anyway, uh, sleep is very good for us. And by the way, so are naps and even meditation. Why? They're very similar because they are getting your brain to relax and not be so hard at work thinking. Naps have been proven to be good for your mood, help you with have a better mood, being more productive, more alert, and improving your memory. So now, when someone says to you, how come you're not so hard at work, you can say, are you kidding? This mood is helping me with productivity, memory, alertness, and my mood. What's not to love? <laughs> Take that nap. And if you're not in the habit of taking naps, then what you need to do is just close your eyes for two or three minutes. And it'll at least help you a little bit. And then you can get more in the habit every day of taking that rest. Maybe it's not socially acceptable for you to take a nap. Let's say, for example, at work on your break. Well, instead, you can meditate. Just close your eyes for a few moments. Meditation is much more accepted on the job when you're on your break than a real nap. Memory consolidation happens when you are sleeping, napping, and meditating. So for your brain's health and your overall health, sleep more. You know what that means? Less caffeine. Caffeine in the short term might help you uh, with paying attention to something, but in the long term it's not helpful and it interferes with your, with your sleep cycle. So does watching TV late at night or looking at any sort of screen, by the way, for that last hour before you go to bed. And um, during the pandemic, early 2020, which it is right now, I have not even set an alarm on the days that I don't have to have an early morning wake up. And this is good for your body too, to allow it to try to get back to some natural rhythm of waking up with the light coming in the window. So if you don't have to set an alarm, don't. If you can cut down on your caffeine, do. If you can stay away from late night TV or other screen activities, that uh, interfere with your brain waves, that's something you can do as well. Have these ideas been helpful for you? I hope they have. I went a few minutes over. I like to keep you to only 15 minutes, but I went a little over. Uh, I was a little overzealous about helping you <laughs> with your unbreakable brain. And if you get a chance, there is a book called The Unbreakable Brain by Will Mitchell, who is a nutritionist, and he gives you lots of other ideas. The ideas that I've shared with you today are my own and his from Chapter 3. And there are other things you can do to help you with your brain. So check the book out if you get the chance and otherwise listen to this over again so you can take copious notes and improve your life so you can live your best life now. Talk to you again tomorrow. Bye-bye.